This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Lendy. Looking for a better home loan? Compare in seconds and apply online at lendy.com.au. Tonight, the latest Australian cricket disaster. We'll hear from some of the experts. And Steve Smith sounds like a man who's had just about enough of the collapses. Peter Sterling is here, which means I'll talk a bit of Four Nations. And the Brownlow medal is re-awarded. Welcome to the Rush Hour. And welcome a touch late, and that's a good thing because Sterlo was just in the middle of yet another interview as new consultant of New South Wales. <laughs> Are we going to have you for the full hour, Sterlo, without interruption? Hello to you. Well, it all depends if I get an important phone call. Dan, I'm very well, although I have been sitting by the phone uh, waiting for the call. I did sta- play state schoolboys in primary school in cricket. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> you never know. So, no, all... all uh, all good on, on that front, mate. It's cricket season. Um, I've talked a lot of rugby league the last couple of days. I'm looking forward to a bit of a breakthrough till the yes. kickoff next Was it season. a good week of interviews, uh, Sterlo? Oh, look, it was great. You know, people have been very positive um, in, in the, the news and... Um, I'm, I'm keen to get into it, but, yeah, I'm, I'm now looking okay. forward to a, a couple of months off uh, after the final, obviously, of the Four Nations next week. That's the end. Now, did you watch any of the cricket or did you tune in at about midday and realise, hang on, this test is over? I came in late <laughs> and nearly missed everything, which I think there might have been a few people who fell into that category. Oh. But, uh, I think we all turned on this morning after the defiance shown you know, by Kawaja and, and Smith yesterday. You thought, well, okay, here's something that they can they can build on. If they can get through the first hour, yeah. then there, yeah, there might be a, a total. We might actually get through to five days and there might be a chase for South Africa. Yeah, but, uh, get 150 in front, exactly. we might have something. Yeah, that's right. So, um, but, you know, it all right. turned sour very quickly. Well, didn't it? we're going to take a song when we come back. We'll summarise what happened today. It was a catastrophe and hear what some of the experts are saying. There hasn't been negative talk like this probably since the mid-80s. Uh, we'll do that right after this. It is the Rush Hour for Lendy Homelines here on Triple M. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Lendy. Looking for a better home loan? Compare in seconds and apply online at lendy.com.au. Triple M, this is the Rush Hour on a dark day, Peter Sterling. <laughs> Hello, Dan. Yes, it was a poor start to the day. Uh, we do the show, by the way, for Lendy Home Loans. And if you're looking for a better home loan, go to Lendy, L-E-N-D-I dot com dot A-U and get your home loan online. Every time I see it on the page, I think it's Lendl. And just Ivan's dishing out the... Uh, I don't think he'd give out good interest rates, Ivan. <laughs> no, don't don't bring his name up. When I was... when I, Many, 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 many years ago when I was doing the sport at, at 2WS, mm. I called him Yvonne Lendl. I'd heard a couple of different pronunciations. I got all these phone calls wanting to know why he was in the female section of the tournament. Hang on, his name is spelled Ivan. Well, that's right, but you didn't say Ivan Lendl. (laughs) You called him Ivan. Ivan Lendl. I called him Yvonne. All right. Let's, um, for those that missed it, I'm sure you know what happened, but let's get to the detail of what happened today at the cricket. So Australia starts the day two for 121. 120 behind. They could go into day four at least thinking about setting South Africa some sort of run chase, at least making them bat again. Well, Usman Khawaja gone early, caught behind off Kyle Abbott for 64. Then, the longest partnership of the day, Peter Sterling, 25 minutes. (laughs) Steve Smith and Adam Voges battled, but it was the way Voges would go, an embarrassing attempt to leave the ball on two, which led to an edge to the slips, which... Would be an appropriate way to signal the beginning of one of the most shambolic hours of Australian cricket. Callum Ferguson, 
He has been a one-day international has a one-day international average of forty-one, so he can't be this far out of his depth. But his dismissal would tell probably an unfair but a different story. Didn't know whether to play or duck a short ball from Abada. He periscoped at the third slip. Ferguson's debut test netting four runs and an angry and broke brother. Five for 140. Peter Neville went for six. Joe Manny a duck. Steve Smith done in by a good one from Abada for 31. Mitchell Stark a duck. Nathan Lyon last man out for four. At 10.44 Hobart time, Australia four for 140. 71 minutes later, all out, 161. That's terrible, isn't it? And I, I think I saw it written somewhere that of the 20 wickets, Australian wickets, 16 failed to make double figures. <laughs> um, South Africa winning by an innings and 80 runs. They clinched their third straight series here. Uh, Australia out twice in a combined 93 overs. So think about that. 93 overs is effectively the equivalent of one day. Yeah, and they I were think, bowled out twice. I think it was something like 558 balls that they faced around that mark, which is the lowest total for for decades. Uh, and I, I, I do need to correct you. When you said that Bo just edged the ball, he actually didn't edge the ball. No, he, he middled f- it. He full-faced the ball. He middled it, yes. The no, you're right. <laughs> I, I, I apologise unreservedly <laughs> to Adam Voges. Um if it didn't rain, and if the cock and Buvama weren't so resilient, this could have this could have been done in two days. Yeah. Now you would have heard Stephen Smith at the end of this, and I, and I heard in the intro you say that you know, a fed up Steve mm. Smith. Basically, I don't, I don't know where they go now. If if he's basically saying that I don't have teammates here who are prepared to fight and who aren't resilient, you can't just get rid of a whole team. So yeah. I don't know who they keep. I don't know what happens for the third test match. Uh, it's it's a quandary for for those who are looking to put this next side out on the pitch. So that wraps up the uh, the, the summary. Let's get into some expert opinion. Uh, Michael Clark and Ian Chappell spoke on the Cricket Show. And whatever you think of Clark, I mean, this man has got runs on the board to discuss matters like this. And Ian Chappell is often talked about as the greatest captain or certainly one of that Australia's ever had. This is what they had to say on Channel 9. I think now Steve, Steve Smith has to take complete ownership of this team. At the moment, I feel like the accountability is, is it Pat Howard? Is it Rod Marsh? Is it Darren Lehman? Is it, is it Steve Smith? Steve Smith's performances as a player are unbelievable. He's leading the way as a player. But now this is where he's going to be tested as a captain. Since the Argus review, I think we've been digging a big hole and it's just got deeper and deeper. Hopefully we've hit the bottom now because you've got to hit the bottom before you can bounce back up. But but going down the route of old debutants the whole time leads you to a, a dead-end path and we've hit that dead-end now. And I don't think the selectors have any choice but to go for some youth and uh, they've got to take a punt. And there may be some pain for a while. But we're experiencing pain now as it is anyhow. What bothers me is that the system, and I'm talking about the first-class system, I mean, the system that uh, that we grew up in and uh, developed us, we were ready for, you know, you'd, ha- you'd gone through all these different tests at first-class level before you got to the international arena. So you were ready. I'm not convinced that the current system, um, you know, club cricket through to first-class cricket, I don't, it, well, it's obviously not preparing guys properly for international cricket. So Chappelle's basically calling for a, a clean-out, isn't he? He, mm. he wants he, he, short-term pain for long-term gain and bring some young players in basically immediately. 
I'm just wondering how the short form of the game has affected Australia. Now, I know all all countries play, you know, the, 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 the 2020 and the 50 over game and that, but, you know, have we lost the ability through so much of that type of cricket to actually be able to dig in? Someone had this stat over the weekend. In the last six years, Australia has been bowled out under 100, something like six or seven times. And the previous 50 years, it was about seven times. And you think of those previous 50 years and you have the great West Indian teams and you have pitches that weren't as good as they they are now. Is the bowling that good now? Was the bowling that good on Saturday from South Africa? It was very solid, but was it that good that it, it deserved to route a team for under 100? I, I think it's mental, Dan. I think it mentally... We are we are a, an ordinary team at the moment, and and again, I you know I think that the type of cricket that they play away from Test cricket doesn't help that mental mentality of being able to come in and dig in and and get through those tough periods. And I know all other nations do that, um, you know, have that same problem, but we're the worst at the moment. Well, we'll play what Steve Smith said a little bit later, but he he talked about I need players that have pride in the baggy green. Now, you can't get any more pointed than that. We've got to take a break. We'll come back. We've got more. You can ring us, by the way, one triple three five three. This is the Rush Hour here on Triple M for Lendy Home Loan. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Lendy. Looking for a better home loan? Compare in seconds and apply online at lendy.com.au. Sterlo here with Dan on a Tuesday night. Plenty of people want to have their say, Peter, on the... Uh, I don't like calling you Peter. Why do I do that? <laughs> I didn't know who you were like talking you're in trouble. to. Uh, let's go to some calls here on Australia's Lost. Chris, fire away. How you going, guys? Hello, mate. So I, I think I think Sterlo's right. I mean, before kids were aiming to be test cricketers, to, to be wear that bag of green, to, to have pride in the country and, and, and play test cricket. Now, since the short form of the game is coming, and everybody wants to be a big bash star, a, um, a 2020 star, and I, I think I honestly think that is what seriously is hurting um, our, our test side now. I wonder, and thank you for your call, Chris. Remember, Sterlo, when Steve Waugh had the win-or-bust attitude and it would cost them the odd test, but that's when they had the world-class team of Hayden and Gilchrist and Warren and McGrath and Steve Waugh and the rest, you know, Langer, Martin, where they could afford to take this win-at-all-cost attitude. There'd be test matches where they wouldn't bat for the draw on the last day. And I just wonder if that attitude has just... They've, they've maintained an attitude, but they don't have the players to do that. Well, that might well be the case. I think that was the mentality of Mark Taylor when he was captain mm. of Australia as well. Was, and that's, they did have a great success rate. But, yeah, look, you know, I think, and we've spoken about this in all sports, haven't we, Dan, that all Australian spectators want to see is fight. You know, you, yeah. you want it so that, you, that your wicket, you prize it so much that you know, by hell or high water, you're going to, to keep it intact. And, and we're just, we're not seeing that. Why is Alan Border perhaps one of the most respected players we had? Not because he was a great batsman, because he dug in when it was all falling around him. Peter, uh, you're online. One triple three five three. What do you got, Pete? Oh, good, good day, boys. Um, it was probably just a, to pick up on a point that um, that Sterlo made, mainly around the, the mantra I keep hearing coming out of players when they're interviewed is, you know, we've got to play our natural game, and I'm, I'm just wondering if. There's the kind of players are interpreting that of whatever the circumstances we need to kind of hit out and play our shots rather than, as you guys say, you know, dig in when, when the times call for it. So I don't know if there's been a, a slight sort of, um, you know, a definition that, that these guys think, oh, playing my natural games means no matter what the circumstance, I'm going to hit, hit shots. 
Good on you, Pete. Isn't that a lovely, convenient out, though, Sterling? Like a Dave Warner. Oh, well, you've got to take the good with the bad. I mean, that was a dis- the shot he played on Saturday. And they're probably going to lose anyway. But that set the tone. That was a disgraceful shot to play in the first over, whatever it was, the second over of a test match. Yeah, it was. And look, you, you look at a, a player like Mark Waugh, who when in full flow was as elegant as you've ever seen and could play all the shots. But when he needed to be able to to play the situation, that was part of his makeup as well. You know, he, he, you didn't have to play flowing cricket when, when it, it wasn't called for in that particular session at that particular time of well, the game. And look, at, on Sunday when the game was washed out and Nine showed that epic test from 94, Michael Slater played one of the great innings of his career. You know, he took all day to score 92 because the... It called for uh, grinding it out, which he had the ability to do. Last call, Steve. What, what do you got for us, Steve? Right, Dan, yeah, I agree with what the other two guys said. They're both pretty close to Mark. I also think a lot of it's to do with that they're Gen Y. Now, I'm obviously an old fart. My wife keeps telling me that. But <laughs> Gen Y have grown up with getting a trophy when they come 250th in the cross-country race at school or something. It's all about just participating and not fighting to win. And I think... They're paid a lot of money, these guys. If we maybe screwed it all back, put them on a retainer of 52 grand a year, like a grand a week, and then pay them big bonuses when they win matches. So there is some incentive. They've got something that will drive them to be proud of the baggy green. Because at the moment, I'm with Steve Smith, there doesn't seem to be any pride in, in playing for the Australian Test team. Stella, you've had a daughter go through school, and she's had, you know, she's pretty good at what she does but have you noticed that the attitude of students now and 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 you know junior athletes is different to what it was when you were growing up uh, look i think to some degree i think there's an element of truth in in what we just had from the caller there that's uh, you know oh, look i i'm our, our young people should be doing something and i think that that should be applauded and we want them to do that um, but I think, you know, there, there's a there's a time there. I, I actually quite agree that you don't play finals with at ki- with kids until they get to, you know, 12 and 13. I think participation up until then is okay. Now, whether that's detracting from maybe their mental toughness down the track, I, I mm. don't know. But I can fully understand that it's, it's all about participation early on. But there's got to be a time where, you know, everybody works out that, you know, winning is is better than running second, and um, and that's you know in in life, you know, you need to be competitive, not just on the sporting arena. If you're going to be successful, you've got to be competitive in mm. in whatever task you're involved in. All right, yeah, geez, we've opened up a top gen. Now we're getting into the whole Gen Y. Gen Y, yeah, but, that's. I, I, when, look, when Hannah came home losing a soccer game, basically I just didn't talk to her for a week, and and there's the flowers in the attic situation. She, I understand. And yeah, get out and clean clean your room and <laughs> and the rest of the house while you're doing it. <laughs> we'll hold that little bit. We're going to play. We'll go to a song. We'll come back. We'll have a sports update after this. It is the Rush Hour here on Triple M. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Lendy. Looking for a better home loan? Compare in seconds and apply online at lendy.com.au. Sports update. We Drive will drive you and your car home for as little as $30. Download the We Drive app today. Yeah, good song there. Now, the 2012 Brownlow Medal has officially been retrospectively awarded to Hawthorne's Sam Mitchell and Richmond's Trent Cotchin. They, of course, take Joe Watson's medal after he uh, forfeited it last week. Mr. Lee, you won many uh, awards. What if someone's Rothmans was taken away and four years later they said, here you go, Sterling, you are now... How many Rothmans did you win? One or two? 
Uh, two. Two. Okay, here's a third Rothmans medal. You now are the greatest ever Rothmans medal winner. How would you feel about that when you get four years later? No, let's go back to if it was your first medal. Whether that, I'd actually, I'd say that I'd prefer that there wasn't a medal awarded that year. I think it would be, I'd feel uncomfortable um, taking it four years down the track. Uh, I'd, I'd rather that it wasn't, it was an asterisk that it wasn't awarded that okay. year. But, okay, in this situation, you've got two players. So if you talk it down, aren't you nailing the other bloke because you're basically saying he doesn't, you're sort of taking away his moment? Well, I think you've got to be true to yourself. If that's, you know, I don't think you should say, well, yeah. I, I think, not being selfish, but I, I, I think you'd have to remain true to how you felt about it and, and you know, what, what effect that had on the other person would be in some ways inconsequential. Uh, plus some big news in TV land down there in Melbourne. Gary Lyon will return to television. He'll be on Channel 9's footy classified show, but not the footy show, which is the one Billy Brownless is on. Tonight, the Socceroos play Thailand in what should be, should be their easiest match so far in World Cup qualifying, but be careful uh, riding uh, the Thailand side off. They do have four losses from four games, but... Uh, this is the first match for Thailand since their long-serving king died. There's all sorts of rules in place for fans, and the Thai team has been offered an incentive of $400,000 uh, as a team to beat the Socceroos. Now, this game signals the halfway mark in this final group of qualifying. You've got first place Saudi Arabia playing third place Japan. So if the Socceroos take care of business, there's every chance they'll be back on top of the group by the end of the night. It's a must win. In the overall scheme of things, if they look back and don't get a result out of this, it could be costly. They've had a couple of draws of late, so this is this is one that, yeah, they, they have to win. And, you know, as we've heard the last week, a number of injuries, so there are there are a couple of new players coming in in key positions. And, Sterlo, I know, look, I know you are excited, to say the least, about Jordan Spieth returning to our shores for the Australian Open, but not as excited as he clearly is. Listen to this pure enthusiasm. Very important week for us. We're, we're certainly not taking it lightly. We're trying to prepare to, to be in contention. Just absolutely beautiful place coming over to Sydney and uh, change of pace now coming to a different golf course, but that's a, a whole new fun challenge for us. But really happy to be back over in Oz and um, I just obviously shows that I meant what I said about how much we like coming here um, <laughs> to continue to do so. So look forward to a great week. Oh, what a lovely, humble young man, Sterling. Yeah, that's wonderful. To, to get that excitement across in such monotone <laughs> takes some ability. I admire, I admire his ability. Press conferences. They're here to watch him play golf. Uh, that's, tr- that's true, and he's a wonderful golfer, but yeah. I don't know how I'd go you, having you dinner with him. You can't cop him. You can't cop him. <laughs> that is a sports update for We Drive. News update with Sash coming up shortly, and we're going to talk a bit of rugby league shortly as well. Rush Hour, Triple M. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Lendy. Looking for a better home loan? Compare in seconds and apply online at lendy.com.au. Triple M, Rush Hour for Lendy Home Loans. Peter Sterling in with Dan Ganane. Uh, I don't think we need to spend too much time on this. Do you see New Zealand giving Australia any sort of match? I know that sounds strange given their wonderful record in finals of big events, but do you see the Kiwis, this version, challenging the Kangaroos this weekend? Well, you wouldn't think so after the Scottish result, you know, 18 all against a, a side that, you know, aren't regarded as, as one of the top tier nations, but they, they played really well. I think the one thing, I'm, I can understand Mel Meninga coming out and saying that he's very wary of this New Zealand opposition, because if you have a look, they've won all three tests Australia this year against the Kiwis, and they look to be very, very comfortable in all of those games. 
The last one, Sean Johnson got held up second last play of the game, which could have mm-hmm. seen a draw in that match. Yeah, and true. even the Perth game, you know, they weren't too far away on the scoreboard. So if New Zealand can actually come up with their best performance of the year, I, they, they can. They can worry this Australian side, not based on the form we have seen of late, but if they strike their best and, and someone like an Isaac Luke has an outstanding game and Johnson fires on the back of that, um, I, I can understand why, why Mal's a little bit wary as to what could happen. Well, have they been, and this sounds crazy to talk about a team that's won their three games, Have the, the Kangaroos, are they a bit predictable in, in attack? I mean, as predictable as a side that keeps winning is, you know what's coming. I mean, and it took them a while to break England down the other night too. England was handling it for a while, and then all of a sudden it just became too much. Yeah, but that's a sign of great players and great teams, Dan, when you actually know what's coming and you can't stop it. You know, we, we all know what Jonathan Thurston is going to do. We know that Cooper, Sh- Cooper Cronk likes to play short instead of playing long, um, but they still seem to to do what they do better than anybody else. So, no, I, I don't think that's a concern. You know, they've Fair scored enough. a swag of points. Um, that's the area that New Zealand have struggled in scoring points, which is a little bit surprising because they do have some strike power. All right, let me read this. So this afternoon, Mitch Rain gives his first press conference as a Panther, and naturally he's going to be asked about his time at the Dragons. And and sort of, you know, we live in the clickbait world where people oh, we slammed his former club. Well, I'm, I'm reading this piece here. It's from the Fox Sports website. I think it's on the Triple M website as well. But let me just read these quotes. And you tell me if this is a guy having a shot at his old club. The last two years there, although it was enjoyable when we were winning, I felt like I had a lot more to offer. I had a lot more improvement in my game, and coming here is the best way, um, and I'm getting a lot of help from Hook and the staff and the rest of the uh, players. It's going to be good. Uh, when Ra- While Rain has only been to the Panthers for a week, he's noticed a huge difference between his new and old clubs, and he's backing himself to realise his full potential. I know what I'm capable of, and playing at the Dragons, with all the limitations of what you're allowed to do and what you're not, that's one thing I've noticed coming here. A lot more positive, he said. Um, and on it goes. But that doesn't that, that's not a slamming, is it? No, th- he's made a point. He's obviously, I don't think he's left on the greatest of terms there, obviously, and he's made his point without slamming. I suppose, you know, to say or to imply that, well, hang on, I couldn't play my best football because I felt shackled because the coaches wouldn't allow me to play. Um, you know, that's the point that he's trying to make. But, you know, it didn't end well for him there. And, you know, it's it's difficult, especially after you've played over 100 first-grade games at a club, to kind of feel as though that you weren't wanted at the end of that. And that's really the way it, mm. it came out at the end, wasn't it? That, you know, we don't really want you here. You'll need to find another club. That's not easy for a player to cop. All right, this is the uh, Rush Hour here on Triple M. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Lendy. Looking for a better home loan? Compare in seconds and apply online at lendy.com.au. Sports update. WeDrive will drive you and your car home for as little as $30. Download the WeDrive app today. Australia's 90-minute capitulation in Hobart this morning against South Africa has set another unwanted mark. You alluded to this, Sterlo. Crick Info's Brighton Coverdale says it's the fewest balls Australia has faced in a home loss since 1928, which was Bradman's debut. So there's faced fewer balls. There's been washouts where they haven't faced, maybe haven't even batted, but fewest balls, 558, I think it was. <laughs> 93 overs. Wow. And Andy Murray has a hot streak going. He is now up to 20 consecutive wins. Yeah, he'll finish world number one at the end of the mm. year. No yeah, reports hot. of a smile at this stage. That is a sports update for We Drive. <laughs> His mum is beaming in the stands. 
this is a that was a sports update for We Drive. We're going to play what Steve Smith said. It's pretty brutal. Do that right after this. Rush Hour for Lendy Home Loans. Triple M. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Lendy. Looking for a better home loan? Compare in seconds and apply online at lendy.com.au. Rush Hour, just about done for another Tuesday. Peter Sterling here with Dan. Just some news coming through. Lockie Whitfield, the GWS Giants player who was charged for avoiding drug testers, has accepted a six-month suspension. And I don't think he had much choice. And Gubby Allen, the man that uh, Collingwood, Eddie pinched, uh, took with him down to Collingwood. He, uh, I think, has copped. He's, in fact, he's quit Collingwood. So um, he will cop a 12-month ban. So that's what's happening down there. So we, we spoke about the cricket earlier, Sterlo. And, and let me just play this. This is Steve Smith's assessment of what's wrong with the Australian team. I need players that are willing to to get in, in the contest and get in the battle and um, have some pride in playing for Australia and, and pride in the baggy green. Pretty pointed. Very much so. If you're, if you're a teammate at the moment, you'd be feeling very poor about yourself after hearing what the captain had to say. Do you think he deserves to be under the gun? No. I mean, everyone's under the gun now. I mean, Lehman, Smith, the selectors... Uh, Pat Howard, they're all under the uh, in the spotlight, so I suppose that comes with the territory. But um, does he bear any responsibility? Oh, look, you know, he's, he's captain of the side, and you know the buck stops to a large degree in areas with the, the skipper. But I, you know, I think he's leading, trying to lead by example. He's only new to the job. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's getting much support. So you know, I I don't think he's under the gun. Certainly, you know, in, in any way, it's just a okay. tough situation to, to be a captain of. All right, we've got to go. Don't forget, if you just tuned in, you can get the rest of the show on the catch-up podcast uh, via the Triple M website. And coming up in a few moments, it is Ugly Phil. See you, Sterlo. See you, Dan. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Lendy. Looking for a better home loan? Compare in seconds and apply online at lendy.com.au.